faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Oh, good morning, Calvary Church. You all can have a seat. It's good to see all of you, and good morning to all of you, us, all of you joining us online. As the ushers come forward, and I invite them to collect our offering, 
I would like to just welcome anyone who's visiting today. If this is uh, your first time here or you're just kind of getting to know us a little bit, offering is just a time where we continue worshiping God and give Him a little bit back of what He's given us. But if you're visiting, we don't want you to feel any pressure to give. But we would love to meet you. You can meet us out at the Hub. We'd love to get to know you a little bit. Speaking of offering, I wanted to personally thank all of you as we passed our budget last week. That is a big step of faith. And I want to... I want to just say thank you for that and thank you for your continued giving. And as we desire to end the year strong, I, I ask that you continue to give that way, but I want to remind you of what those numbers on that budget means. Those numbers are not there for the sake of growing Calvary Church. They're actually there because we at Calvary Church are passionate about growing God's kingdom. And one of the things that I have loved about 2023 is I've had the privilege to see multiple weeks this year to either be a part of or hear of someone coming to know Jesus and making a decision to follow him. And what we desire for 2024 is for that to occur even more. And so we want you to invite your neighbors, your coworkers, your family, because we want them to hear the gospel and we want their lives to be forever changed. Now, today is a little bit of a different day. If you're new here or this is your first time, this is a different day. Because I successfully auditioned for the worship team. <laughs> I'm not sure why you're laughing. <laughs> no, that's not what's going on. Today is simply Christmas. It's actually one of my favorite Sundays of the year. Today we get to sing some Christmas carols, some Christmas hymns. Today we get to read from God's Word and just spend some time reflecting. You know, we like to jam this season with a bunch of craziness, a bunch of just hectic life, right? Well, today, we ask you to leave the hectic life outside at the doors. Catch your breath. Pause for a moment as you listen to the story of Christmas. And as you listen to that story, I ask that you just pause and reflect on this God who loves you so much, so much more than you can imagine. In the book of Isaiah, it says this. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them. The bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. 
In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all of the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news, and now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. 
when his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am your Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her father, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus.
At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is His name. His mercy extends to those who fear Him from generation to generation. 
He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, no, he is to be called John. They said to her, there is no one among your relatives who has that name. And they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet. And to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue set free. And he began to speak, praising God. And all the neighbors were filled with awe. And throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, What then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant. The oath he swore to our father, Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people, the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. Stars of brightly shine. It is the light of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared in the soul felt its
His law is love, and His gospel is Change shall He break for the slave is our brother. And in His name, all oppression shall Sweet hymns of joy, grateful chorus raise we, let all within us praise His holy name. Christ is the Lord. Oh, praise His name. those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, 
praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told.
After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go, and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to his house, 
they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, for every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice in keeping what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. Sing glory to the newborn King, His honor and mercy, my God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all the nations rise, join the triumph of the skies with angelic hosts proclaim Christ is born.
Hebrews chapter 10 says this. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, Here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. That's an interesting verse to end with. It's not really normally a Christmas verse, is it? But actually in it, it's the very heartbeat of Christmas. And I was thinking about that verse and I started thinking about my Christmas tree. I don't know about you, but I don't really enjoy setting up the Christmas tree. I enjoy parts of it. But I don't like putting up the lights, and then the lights don't work, and then all that stuff, and you got to make it look good. I don't enjoy that. But I do enjoy putting some ornaments on the tree. In fact, I have some favorites. One of my favorites is this one, cowboy riding on an ostrich. I like this one. Kind of picture myself as the cowboy. This one's fun to put on. I also like this one. 
just a little toy soldier with a trumpet. But he was on my tree when I was a kid. And so I stole it from my parents. Because <laughs> it reminds me of Christmases from my childhood. These are fun. But there's a collection of ornaments that I really like even more than these ones. Some of them, like this one. See, it has my daughter's name on it. It's her first Christmas ornament. Or maybe this one with the two blue feet on it for my son with his name on it. There's something special about putting up these ornaments, these first Christmas ornaments with my children's names on them to celebrate the first Christmas that they're with me. And I was thinking about that, and I was thinking, I wonder if God has a Christmas tree. I wonder if he has a Christmas tree, and I bet you if he has a Christmas tree, I think he enjoys putting up those kind of ornaments too. For each Christmas that we were first his child. You see, when we choose to follow Jesus, we change, God changes our identity from being enemies of God to his children. And I just wonder if he had a Christmas tree. Would he have a first Christmas ornament for me or for you? Well, the truth of the matter is he probably doesn't have a Christmas tree. But he does have a book. It's called the Book of Life. And in that book is written the names of each one of his children. You see, that's the point of Christmas. God loves us so much that he sent his son to get us back. You see, you can't truly celebrate Christmas without remembering the cross. Today we're going to be remembering the cross by taking communion together. But before we do that, I'd like to read to you my favorite Christmas verse. My favorite Christmas verse is this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. If you're new to this church stuff and you're new to this Jesus stuff, communion is a time when we eat bread, and drink from a cup to remember how Jesus' body was broken and how he bled for us. You see, someone had to pay the cost for the price of our sins, and that someone was Jesus. If you're new to Calvary Church, we don't require that you're a member of Calvary Church or you attend here or give here to take communion. We just remind you that communion is for those who follow Jesus and 
poor Christians. And if you're new to this whole church thing, you're new to Jesus, and you're like, well, how do I take that step? You can do that right now. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. It's as simple as whispering prayer to God. And so what we're going to do is I invite all of you who are about to take communion to just spend some time praying with God. If there's anything you need to kind of talk to him about, if there's anything that you just need to confess to him, go ahead and do that. And we're going to eat the bread and drink the cup. But for those of you who are just kind of wrestling in your heart and you're like, you know what? I'm not sure. Maybe this is the time I need to make a decision to follow him. As everyone else is praying, I'm going to pray as well. But I will pray out loud. And if you want to follow Jesus, you can pray that prayer that I pray, or just simply agree to it. It's as simple as that. Admitting that you need Jesus, that you're a sinner. Believing that Jesus is the only way for that forgiveness. And then choosing to follow him. So as those of you who are followers of Jesus are ready, just bow your heads and pray. And at the end, we will take that bread. But if you are deciding for the first time or you want to make that decision to follow him, just pray in your heart the prayer that I will pray now. God, I thank you for your son. And I have messed up so much in my life. And I need your forgiveness. And I know the only way I can get that forgiveness is through Jesus. I ask you to forgive me. I choose Jesus as my Savior and my Lord today. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. If that was you today, I invite you to join us as well in communion because this time of remembering the cross is for you. So if you will peel the first part off the lid and take the bread, we will eat the bread together. after you eat the bread I ask you to turn the cup over and peel the lid over peel the second lid off I was talking in the back with the worship team earlier and and I was saying that when we do communion it is a good time to be reverent and to be respectful because of the one we remember. But at times, I think that instead of reverence, sometimes we have a feeling of somberness. The cross wasn't the end of the story. You see, they took his body off the cross and they put it in a tomb. And they rolled a huge stone in front of it. But on the third day, that stone rolled away. 
and out stepped our eternally victorious King. So at times of communion, I almost picture us together, standing in the banquet hall of our victorious King as we raise a cup to Him, celebrating Him. So, today, I invite you to stand before we drink the cup. And as we drink the cup, let us remember that the one we are remembering is victorious and powerful and eternally will reign as the King of Kings. Let us drink together to our King. Lord, bless this people. We thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. And Lord, I ask you that you would fill in us a heart that is passionate about the gospel and desires to proclaim it to everyone and anyone that we meet. Let us be a church consumed with a deep desire to grow the kingdom of God. Bless this people and bless this Christmas. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
want you to do just that. Go tell it on the mountain. Go tell it in Harleysville, Dublin, Percocet, wherever you're from. Go tell the good news of Jesus. And one of the ways that we can partner with you on that is by having you invite someone to our Christmas services. We'd love for you to see you there, and we'd love to see all of you online as well there, but we'd love to see someone new. So go invite a neighbor. Go invite the cashier at Giant. Wherever you're doing your groceries, go invite them as well. They need to hear the story of Jesus. We're so happy that you spent the day with us. We have a couple of things for you. One, we have invitations you can take so that you can go invite someone. Two, we have cookies and hot cocoa. What kind of day is it to do a Simply Christmas without cookies and hot cocoa? And because we are sensitive to everyone, if you are gluten-free or have a child who's gluten-free, We actually have gluten-free options at the Hub. 
one more thing. We have an ornament for you that we want you to take and remember how much joy has that God has when he writes down the name of his children into the book of life. Take that ornament and remember the real reason of Christmas. Hope to see you during our Christmas services. Have a great week.